0: Let's dive in. What kind of oh, so? What kind did you get? You got something called a Razor Zone.
1: No, Nabu X Razor is the company. Oh, I've never heard of this. Yeah, no, neither have I. All right. Well, we should <laughs> save um, it. Save it
0: for talking. Yeah, it.
1: yeah, yeah. I'll um. I'll lead it in. I'll start
0: anyway. Yeah, um, you probably you're gonna look just like this woman in the website. If so you use that for a couple of weeks.
1: Seems unlikely. You're
0: gonna have long blonde hair. <laughs> <laughs> all right she looks like she's wearing nothing but a but a fitness band she just, and a smile wow. <laughs> not, <laughs> she's not even smiling rob come on
1: oh terrible um, all right but yeah i mean today i um in in true british tradition i have a free day off work and i spent the whole day fixing things around the house that I could have done any other weekend of the year.
0: Oh, yeah, I hear you. You know, I understand that uh, people take Easter holiday very, very seriously, both in the UK and the rest of Europe, really, because um, I don't know, from work, I've run into some people saying that basically nothing's getting done with people they're dealing with in in Europe because a lot of people took the whole week off for a vacation.
1: Yeah, I don't know what it's like in the rest of Europe, but in the UK, we get today off uh, today as we record is friday the 14th yeah um, which is good friday and then we get easter monday off as well oh, um, wow. and sunday basically no shops are allowed to be open by law right i know you have a lot of wacky laws
0: on sunday shopping
1: yeah East, easter sunday is the, the is- that is the top of the like the sunday traded laws uh list like absolutely pretty much nobody's allowed to open on that day
0: yeah, um, we're heathens and don't do that. Um, people are working today, working Monday, although my kids did both had school off today because it wasn't, nece- I would guess, nominally because it was some sort of teacher day, but um, I think they just make it coincide with the religious holiday anyway just because they know a lot of people might take the day off anyhow.
1: Yeah, I guess that kind of makes sense.
0: Yeah, so it's not um, not officially a religious thing.
1: <laughs> it, no. Um, where, where in the UK is specifically like this is Good Friday, so you have the day off, and then Easter Monday as well. Right. Um, so you know, if you if you get the bank holidays off at your job, then three days off, which is nice. Oh, nice. But yeah, of course, I've been to B and Q, which is like a UK equivalent of uh, like Home Depot. Uh huh. Um, we've been down there to pick some stuff up, and you know, I've been fixing stuff in the bathroom, and I, I could have done this any weekend, but for some reason. You know, it's, you get the free day off work and that's when you do these things. Did you hang the sign
0: that I saw that you retweeted Jess? That sign Uh, on the door?
1: (laughs) Is that your Lego room? (laughs) um, No, that's, that's our dining room. Um, But we should call it the junk room. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. We don't really use it for dining. Um, It kind of, you know, the, the cat food is in there and you know, there's, there's, just bits of stationary like you know the the printer is in there and there's envelopes and pens and sure there's a there's a freezer in there because it's our second freezer and we don't really have any space elsewhere to put it um
0: so it's just very random
1: yeah yeah it's kind of the room we get a thing and we go where does this go it just gets dumped in there
0: i figured it wasn't really the lego room and i was just going to give you a hard time about that on twitter but then i decided to be nice it was early in the morning (laughs)
1: yeah no it's it's not the lego room the the Lego room has a very specific purpose the the dog on the other hand is yeah exactly
0: <laughs> all right so i'm looking here at our show notes and i see that i see that you've gotten yourself a fitness device of a wearable of some some manner and sort right
1: yeah this is uh <laughs> according to the description it's a it's a social wearable this is uh yeah it's oh uh, i see it, maybe- it gets
0: it gets you dates is what it does
1: uh, it hasn't so far, um, okay. But I, I don't know how happy Jess would be about that. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, this one it's it's by Razer, who are the the they make uh, gaming computers and you know accessories, keyboards, mice, that kind of stuff.
0: Yeah, I saw that. I, I I'd always thought of
1: them more as like a mouse and
0: keyboard company.
1: Yeah, for some reason they they made this. So there's the the Nabu X, which is the one I bought, uh, and then the Nabu. Um, and the one i bought just has 3 LEDs on it. Uh uh yeah, so it it doesn't have any, you know, actual kind of feedback other than those LEDs. Um i basically bought it because i wanted notifications again. Um oh. since i switched to android none of the android wear watches are particularly good and any of the good ones are massive. Mhm. Um and i, I kind of, you know, at work i'd keep like missing phone calls or text messages cuz you know, i'd just leave my phone on my desk or whatever. Yeah. Um and this was like 10 pound off Amazon. Really that's all? Yeah, really cheap. I I don't really oh, know wow. why. I get the impression it didn't sell very well.
0: Yeah. Well, one thing that Razer is good at is is glowing lights because they've got these nice are they as brightly colored as all the stuff I've seen Razer like their, you know, their
1: their keyboards and things. Uh yeah, the actual um you know the the core electronics of this is like a tiny little, you know, it looks like a Fitbit thing. It just slots in the little band. Oh, okay. And of course, it is bright green um, because (laughs) that is their—that's kind of their brand. Um, But yeah, so it has like three little LEDs on the front, uh, red, green, and blue. And then in the app, you can customize those for specific notifications. Um, So, for example, like any messaging apps, I've set those to red. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, text messages, WhatsApp, Telegram, that kind of thing um and then like it defaults to green for everything else um and then for like twitter i've got blue at the moment Mm -hmm. um but you know it's kind of nice to just it's not quite as convenient as something with a screen but i really didn't want to spend a lot of money
0: yeah no that makes sense i see that it also vibrates
1: it it vibrates very aggressively (laughs) really (laughs) yeah it's it's it, it kind of it vibrates like the old, like old phones used to like before like the iPhone and Android was was popular. All right, where the um, actual... phones just seem to have
0: right with like a little actual motor in there with some kind of wheel that's off center that basically thumps around in there to to give a buzzing.
1: Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's uh, it can get pretty aggressive, but it does the job because I don't miss notifications now.
0: Okay, and it does step counting and distance and calories, hours slept, active minutes. Goals. I'm looking at all the different little features here. How long does the battery last?
1: Uh, I only got it yesterday. Okay. Um, and it was at fifty percent when I when I got it out of the box. It told mm-hmm. me to charge it, but I didn't. Um, I just put it straight on. Of course, and it's not. an hour of who, who
0: whoever follows the instructions. I certainly don't.
1: Yeah, no, not me. Um, and it's now at forty one percent since 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 yesterday what? morning, I guess. Well, that's pretty good. Yeah, so it's been, you know, day and a half or something, allegedly uh-huh. it will last 5 to 7 days.
0: Well, that's good. Yeah, I actually last night, um I've been pretty happy with the battery life of the Apple Watch 2. I wore it uh I wore it to bed last night for the first time because I was going to get up really extra early this morning to do some stuff. Uh and it um and I went to bed. I think it was at fifty-seven percent, and it was still at forty-two when I got up. So I thought that was pretty good. I mean, I'm not—you know—you're not walking around or anything, and you don't get many notifications overnight. But it's—it's uh, it's held up a lot. It's much better than the first version of the Apple
1: Watch. Yeah, I have heard that, and there's, there's a couple of people that I know have got the newer one, and they said the the battery life is really good. Yeah. But yeah, as I said, I'd really just mostly bought this this fitness band for the notifications. I was just, I was desperately looking around for something that didn't have a screen, um, you know, that would just vibrate or, you know, had a little light on it or something. Um, and I couldn't find anything for a while. And I was going to buy, you know, some cheap one off Amazon for like £20 or something. Um, and, and then I happened to come across this one and saw on Amazon that it was £10 for the black one. And I was like, yep, that'll do. Yeah, I think I
0: vaguely remember hearing about this a long time ago. It looks like it comes in black, green, and white.
1: Yeah, I think it came out about a year ago. Um, mm-hmm. And I think at one point they were doing... They were selling like five of them for $50. Um I, oh, wow. I think they probably made too many um, and just couldn't get rid of them.
0: Yeah, they've got a little thing at the bottom of the page that says, get £10 off today.
1: Oh, really? I didn't see that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So they this do. This is the...
0: Yeah, because you linked, you linked the uh, UK site. I'm going to see if they have the same thing in the US. Um. Hmm.
1: Well, what was it called again? It's called the Nabu X. No, I assume this is because you've clicked their site and it just redirects you all over the place. Yes, and it sent me just to the general site. Yeah, it's 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 kind of their, their website has always been very strange. I was trying to look at one of their keyboards the other day, and I, I just couldn't work out like where to find the price.
0: <laughs> they, they don't want you to know. No, it's a secret. Keeps uh, auto correcting to Nabs X.
1: Yeah, that's that's close enough, I'm sure. <laughs>
0: yeah, no, it didn't work. Didn't work. Um, yeah, yeah well, that's um, interesting. It,
1: yeah, it has some some weird other features as well. Like, as I say, they call it a social wearable. Um, and allegedly, like, if somebody else has one, we can kind of bump them together. But you remember Bump on the iPhone? Yeah. Um, kind of like that, and it will share contact information in a Facebook message or a Twitter DM. You poke somebody by, by bumping them? Yeah, apparently. Yep. Um Kind of seems a bit... Hmm.
0: sorry i'm looking at it on the uh, u.s amazon page and it's 18 dollars
1: yeah yeah i think the the white and the green in the uk were like 20 pound um but you know i went with the black one because it was the cheapest
0: yeah green is green is 40 almost 42 dollars, and mm. and the list price is 50 so it's
1: 63 yeah. percent off and it's got a whopping two and
0: a two and a half star rating <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah. The, to be honest, the ratings weren't particularly good on the UK store. Um, well, if I, it does what you like, needed to do, though, right? Yeah, I think a lot of the complaints are to do with the uh, the calorie tracking and like the step counting is really inaccurate. Oh, okay. Um, I, I did notice that because like, like, I put it on yesterday. I was sat at my desk, I hadn't moved, and it said I'd done like 200 steps or something. Um, <laughs> but you know, as I said, I'm not really using it for that. Um, it, yeah. it does integrate with, you know, health on iOS and, uh, Google fitness and stuff like that. Um, it, it's kind of an okay app to go with it, but yeah, as I said, I wasn't really expecting a lot for 10 pounds. Um, yeah. and I just basically wanted to vibrate when I get notifications. Yeah, no, that makes,
0: that makes a lot of sense. Um, you mentioned that there are some good Android wear watches that, but they're really big. Who makes the good ones? Is it LG? Uh,
1: yeah i think lg make a couple of good ones uh motorola 360 still seems to be like one of the best ones that people recommend um but yeah i've, I've just kind of avoided them for now because android Wear two version two is coming out or is out um, i think it just so, came hopefully, out, yeah. so you know so hopefully there might be some newer watches that come out that are a bit nicer and maybe are appealing to me and i might get one of those
0: yeah, I. Th- th- this is funny. Some of these comments say things like, "Avoid this. Get a Jawbone." I had a, I had a Jawbone because I forget what it was. Jawbone had some kind of problem with some headphones that they pr- produced or something, and then they had to give everybody a rebate, and so I got this, this credit with Jawbone, and ended up with one of their, um, one of their wearable wrist things, and it broke within like three months. Um, and then I had a series of Fitbits, which tended to eventually get lost or break. Um, I've heard Stephen Hackett talk about that on Connected that Fitbits do tend to break a lot.
1: Yeah, one of the guys, one of the guys at work, uh, Wade, who was he was saying to me like he's been through like six Fitbits or something. Uh, you know, they'll always replace them.
0: Yeah, but... <laughs> I had one of the Clippy ones that you put on your belt, which was fine, except that if like you, you kind of. Um, got a little too close to a counter or something and smashed it in between there it was, It didn't couldn't take much of a beating
1: yeah that definitely seems like there's a quality problem in the the fitness band market yeah they and I, I i want to i forget where i saw it but just in the last day or two i saw
0: an article basically saying that fitbit's really starting to struggle uh that that they're having a hard time they were trying to you know hold on to that lower end little more affordable market for wearables mm. but that it's but that it's not working very well
1: yeah i did notice that they their are so kind a lot of their newer ones are a lot higher price now like in the kind of hundred pound range um yeah they're definitely doing that too yeah i mean don't get me wrong their range is so confusing anyway because they've got like six or eight products that they make like right now right um and you go to the website, and it's kind of impossible to work out what it is is going to meet your individual needs.
0: Yeah, it's, a, it's an article on The Verge. I can put it in the show notes. It says, Fit, Fitbit smartwatch struggles are real and not just in hardware.
1: Yeah. I That's... mean, they must be spending a fortune on just replacements.
0: Yeah. That was an article from yesterday, I think. No, two days ago. So, huh. Yeah, I I gave up on them. I mean, I had a couple and they broke, and I don't know. It's too much of a hassle to return them. I'd rather. I just it wasn't worth. It wasn't worth it to me.
1: No, and I mean, given that you've got the Apple Watch as well, which is, you know, from from everything I've read, very accurate, or you know, the most accurate. Um, yeah,
0: accurate enough. I mean, and I don't really care. That's one of the things I don't care. care about. I mean, there was a day when I probably would have cared more about things like precise distance when I went running or something. But mostly mm. I just wanted to be accurate, uh, kind of relative to itself, so that if it tells me I went 10,000 steps today and tomorrow it tells me I went 11,000, that there was really a difference there of 1,000 or whatever. And not not just, you know, one the, the, the two days were the same, but they were counted differently, if you know what I mean.
1: Yeah, that, that's like, definitely that, right. Just consistency between the measurements.
0: Yeah, so that so that they may be overcounting, they may be undercounting, but at least relative to the two readings, they're accurate. So I can get at least a relative understanding of active versus not active. Uh, and I have found with the Apple Watch when I have gone running with it, I haven't done a lot of that because of uh, my screwed up knee for a while. Uh, when I go on the same route twice, you know, two three times, it it's very it's very close to say you know same distance reported back
1: yeah no it's it's yeah it's, it's definitely seems to be the one that's like most consistent um you know for for measurements and stuff like that all right well this this uh show this week is all
0: rob all the time because rob also has a new project that he just published this morning i didn't hear about it until we got on the phone today so uh why don't you explain what you put together rob
1: yeah, so you haven't been you obviously haven't been paying attention on Twitter. I uh, I know, I've <laughs> I been did, pretty bad lately. And uh I, I did post it pretty early, to be fair, it was probably maybe nine or ten o'clock this morning, UK time. Um so yeah, this is uh a while ago I was using a product called TweetNest, Nest, which was a a self hosted uh Twitter archive, you know, searchable, you can, you know, drill down by month and year and stuff like that. Um but I kept kinda of coming up against issues where because it was quite an old project i think it was maybe made like five or six years ago uh-huh. um, a lot of the code was kind of hard to modify and, and work out what it was doing to like you know change the look of it or improve search that kind of stuff um so i basically rebuilt the whole thing um you know with with laravel which is a modern framework and stuff like that um and i've had i've had it running on my server for probably maybe two or three months um and then this morning I'd you know, I I'd, I'd kind of kept the code private for just to make sure it was oh, I hadn't like exposed any of my passwords or anything uh by accident on GitHub. Um but yeah, I made it public this morning. Um yeah, so you know you can if you've got some familiarity with Laravel and setting up a server, that kind of thing, you can you can install this, import your archive, and then you've got like a, a full searchable uh archive that can also auto update with new tweets oh that's cool i'm looking at it now um what is laravel
0: i'm not even familiar with that
1: yeah so laravel is a uh, php framework okay um so yeah i i, I build with that because you know it's what i'm most familiar with uh, i use it at work quite a lot
0: so what does it do does it just go out and ping the, uh, the archive periodically and download the new stuff or how does how does how's that part of it handled
1: yeah, so if you like, the problem is that the Twitter API limits you to getting three thousand two hundred tweets from somebody, right? Um, so to set it up, like you, you get it set up, and then what you want to do is request your archive, um, and import those files, and it will scan all the files and import those into the database, um, and then you can set up a scheduled job. Uh, I think I have mine running like twice a day, um, and yeah, and it will just go out to the API and fetch any new tweets. Uh, and add those to the database as well. All
0: right, so did you autom- automate the uh getting the ar- you know pulling in the archive part?
1: Uh yeah, I set up a cron job on the server. Um okay. as I say, I can't remember exactly when I set it up for. Cause it's been a couple of months, but I think I do it at maybe midday and then midnight. Okay.
0: Uh, yeah, and, no, and, a- yeah,
1: it kind of just uh keeps track of how many tweets it's imported um in in a in a log that you can see when you're logged in.
0: How has it been dealing with the Twitter API? I, I've looked at it once in a while, a couple of times, and I always thought
1: it—I didn't—I never really liked what I saw. Yeah, it, it can get pretty complicated. I yeah, um, a lot of the code to import the the tweets into the database is the same code from the Tweetnest product that I was using mm-hmm. um, because the guy who'd written that had kind of solved a lot of the issues um, and kind of the you know the edge cases and stuff like that um and you know especially if you're if it's a tweet that's like a reply to something um you know that 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 object that you get back from the api can be huge because you get the original tweet plus the tweet that you're replying to plus any urls and mentions and stuff like that um so yeah it can get pretty complicated pretty quickly does it pull in the media
0: or is it just uh, just urls to media
1: uh it pulls in it will display the media it's, I'm, I'm not like personally archiving like images and stuff like that it will display them on the website um but uh, yeah I'm not actually storing those
0: do you know what do you know what happens if say like what if I reply replied to one of your tweets and then you deleted your tweet would it pull that into
1: uh no it it won't pull in anything that's deleted um although if it's already pulled in a tweet, and then I delete it on Twitter, obviously it just stays in the database. Um, sure. I'm not not checking to see if tweets still exist or not. Yeah. You're... <laughs> it's not. I, I don't really delete tweets all that often.
0: Yeah. No. But that would be and that would be a really uh, that would be a real labor intensive pr- thing to kind of go back and
1: verify and. I don't oh know. yeah, definitely. I mean, I don't know how many I've got in here. I think it's like thirty five thousand tweets or something.
0: Yeah, you don't want to go through and validate. Every, twice
1: a day, every single tweet in your library. No, I mean, I don't think you even could. I think you'd probably hit the limits of the API pretty quickly doing that. Yeah, I'm sure that's true.
0: Um, did you, do you go back to it very often? I mean, what what's like the use case for it for you?
1: Well, a lot of the time, I mean, you, you probably see this more than most people when we're chatting on Twitter and... You say something and then I come back with a tweet that's like, you know, two years old or something that's relevant to the conversation. This is how I'm doing that. Oh, all right. Um, you know, I'm using this to search for old tweets. You know, maybe the first time we've ever met, you know, I've ever mentioned something or, you know, tweets about a particular topic or something like that. Like this morning, I was looking for Nintendo tweets um, to see what I tweeted about them in the past. You still need to get a Switch. I do. Did you see that they um,
0: they canceled the N- NES Classic yesterday? This... I just don't even... Why? Oh, okay. <laughs> I have a theory. I do have a theory. And my theory is that this was, in a way, more of a marketing stunt than it was a product, and that what they're going to do is they're going to bring all those old games to the Switch with, like, a yeah, virtual... Yeah, that's a con- really good point. Yeah, because they don't why you know why why sell somebody 30 games for $60 when you can get whatever it is they're charging for that online service i forget if it's like i think it's like $5 a month or something i forget yeah you know and and get that stream of money for that'll give you $60 in a year but then it keeps going on beyond that so i think since they don't have virtual console console for that yet that that's probably where this is going i think because it's never been easy to get one of those here like every time I've seen them someone post about it on Twitter or something if you hesitate for more than five minutes it's gone oh yeah definitely I mean I think Amazon restocked maybe once since last fall in the U.S. and I suppose you could have gotten lucky and wandered into some sort of you know GameStop or Target or some other store right when they had a shipment, but, uh, those things were extremely hard to find here. And now they've said, I think what they told IGN yesterday was they're doing one more shipment in April and then they're done. And, um, you know, at times there was talk that, oh, it's really hard to source the parts, but you know, people have done teardowns and these (laughs) things are not complicated machines, right? They're just a, there's a circuit board in there with some chips and the, uh, and the games are hard coded, you know, hard coded onto the chips. It's not that it's not rocket science, I don't think.
1: Yeah, I think you're probably right because I I can't see any other reason why they would stop selling a product that is in demand.
0: It's a it's a product that until recently people were willing to pay two hundred dollars for on eBay. I mean, the prices have started to come down into the low one hundreds, but people are still paying a premium for it because they can't find it in retail.
1: Yeah, I was really hoping that they were going to continue, you know, shipping them and eventually. Keep up with demand, and I'd be able to just pick one up. um But you know, I, I'm not willing to pay you know over the retail price for one.
0: No, I'm not either, and I'm not really that. I mean, I don't really care that much because I think it'd be fun to have. It's the kind of thing that if like I saw that on in Target on a Friday night, and I you know, I just pick one up and say, hey, this might be fun to play this weekend, and I'd maybe you know maybe even only play it a handful of times, but it'd be worth it for sixty dollars.
1: Oh yeah, definitely. Uh,
0: but, oh uh, well, I'm, I'm never going to have one. I looked again yesterday in a few places to see if anybody
1: had any, but now, you know, no one's
0: going to have them for sure.
1: No, I've been thinking about maybe just, uh, you know, buying a little mini NES case, uh, for my Raspberry Pi. Um, cause there's a few people making like little Raspberry Pi cases that look like a NES. Uh, um, yeah, that would be cool. And then that might do the trick for me. That might just, uh, stop me from buying one off eBay. Are you, um... You're running an emulator on there, right? Uh, yeah. I ha- well, I have done in the past. I have I haven't got it set up at the moment. Um, but yeah, I mean they're they're really easy to set up. Uh, there's a an app called RetroPie which kind of gives you a nice interface to just switch between the different consoles and and pick games and stuff like that.
0: Yeah, that's cool. I should check that out
1: because we've got a couple of Raspberry Pis lying around the house that I don't think anybody's using much anymore.
0: Um, we also you know we have Pro- we put Providence on our Apple TV too, which is kind of fun.
1: Yeah, Providence is great until because you obviously have to quote unquote sideload it, you know, you have to install it from Xcode. Right. Um, and that, you know, then something happens and it's like no longer valid or games just disappear from it and stuff like that. Cause the Apple TV will purge the storage. No. Yeah.
0: I actually, um, yeah, I don't use it enough to know about that. I guess there's another one. There's somebody making an emulator. Um, there's a project going on right now. I think it's called Delta. I forget. Um, but it's it's gonna have to be sideloaded too.
1: Yeah, it's uh, as I say. I'll probably, I think I might pick up one of the new Raspberry Pis because they've got uh, they've got Wi Fi built in. Um, and uh, and yeah, pick up one of those. Maybe get a nice case for it and get that all set up. Providence works on on iOS devices too, doesn't it? Uh, yeah, I think it does. I'm pretty sure it started as a as an iOS project, and they just kind of ported it over to the Apple TV. Yeah, I
0: have to check that out because I think it would be pretty good with a, uh, you know, with a Steel Case controller, some kind of controller.
1: Yeah, that was that was a controller I was using it with the the Steel Series Nimbus that I haven't touched <laughs> pretty much since the Apple TV came out.
0: Yeah, kind of the same way. Although I did hear the uh, I heard of a, another one that's supposed to be good. I think what's that company? Is it Hore or? I forget.
1: I've I I have no idea. <laughs> I, especially now that I don't use my Apple TV as my primary like TV device, I don't really pay too much attention anymore. Yeah,
0: I don't know. I think you're um you've fallen off the bandwagon, Rob. I, well, I'm pretty much just down to the laptop at this point. Well, it's a good laptop. Make sure you get the Touch Bar one. Everybody loves the Touch Bar.
1: Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I let's. Let's wrap it up on that outrageous statement. Um. Oh, yeah, it's
0: it's Hori H O R I. They have they make they're a game console maker thingy bobber, and they make a controller that's supposed to be really good.
1: Cool. Well, so well,
0: well, that's my you, that's my recommendation of something I haven't actually tried myself.
1: Absolutely, always follow advice from people that you hear on podcasts. <laughs> it's called, it's that. called
0: it's called the Hori Pad. <laughs> and it costs fifty dollars. I think it's I like heard you're making this up. I think I heard Marco Arment talking about it on ATP one day. That's I think that's where I heard about it first. So I'll give him credit. And, and I, he 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 sounded like he owns one, and he seemed to like it. So blame so, him. Well, not, blame him, not yeah, me. E-
1: yeah, email Marco. <laughs> um. <laughs> cool. Okay. Well, um, yeah. Show notes will be ruminatepodcast dot com slash forty two. I am on Twitter, at rmlewisuk. And John, where can people find you? At John Voorhees,
0: J-O-H-N-V-O-O-R-H-E-S. Cool, and we'll be back soon. All right, great. Thanks, Rob. Bye.